Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my first story is technology news. This is from Wired.com. A new chatbot tries a little artificial empathy. A chatbot? A chatbot. Have you ever had a conversation with a chatbot? I don't know that I have, actually. I remember they were really popular in, like, when we were younger. This is before, yeah. like, AI was a thing, so it was just, like, a bunch of canned responses <laughs> right, to things, right. and, like, people would just chat with them, and, like, aha, look at the stupid thing it said. And yeah. Anyway, um, now they're getting a little more serious. Uh, so Siri, Alexa, or Google Assistant can set a timer, play a song, or check the weather with ease, but for a real conversation, you may as well try talking to a toaster, <laughs> which... <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Uh, Speaking as naturally as a person requires common sense understanding of the world, knowledge of facts and current events, and the ability to read another person's feelings and character, which chatbots are notoriously terrible at doing. All of of these things. Uh, A new chatbot dubbed Blender combines uh, combines and builds on recent advances in AI and language from Facebook and other companies. Uh, Snippets shared by Facebook show the bot... Uh, chatting amiably with people online about everything from Game of Thrones to vegetarianism to what it's like to raise a child with autism, which is like that's a wild range of topics and some very and a very serious one in there too. Yeah. Um, in experiments, people judged transcripts of the chatbots' conversations to be more engaging than those of other bots, which seems very subjective. <laughs> and uh, sometimes they rated them as as engaging as conversations between two humans. Uh, okay. which is either props to the chatbot or a strike against humankind. Uh, <laughs> Blender still gets tripped up by tricky questions and complex language, and it struggles to hold the thread of a discussion for long. But to be fair, so do a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> that's, be- that's partly because it generates responses using statistical pattern matching rather than common sense or emotional understanding. Because, again, it is a robot. Uh, I don't know why you'd expect it, expect it to have common sense. Um, it's on more conversation. It's using more conversational training data than similar bots have used, uh, largely sourced from Reddit, which I thought was interesting because I feel like it's not really a conversational place. It's just like I guess you have like threads of comments, but they're yeah. not. I wouldn't call it similar it's to not, human conversation. Right. It's just like it, it's the comment threads, but it's not like right. a, always back and forth. I guess kind of it's back and forth. Yeah. But it's, in, it's I, I guess it's such speech. a large pe- like source of data, too. It's probably, mm. maybe it all kind of comes out in the wash. I yeah, don't know. yeah. Um, but it was supplemented with training on other data sets, one that captures empathetic conversation, another fine-tuned to different personalities, and a third that includes general knowledge. I kind of wish they'd gone into more detail on what those three actually consist of, like what that means to have like a data set involving empathetic like conversation, hmm. maybe just a bunch of people going, I understand. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but the finished chat bot, chat, chat bot blends together the learning from each of those data sets to create a more conversational way of talking. And okay. I didn't have like any actual examples in the oh, article either, which would have been useful. Um, and the rest of the article kind of goes on to say like, this could be used to trick people. And it's like, Maybe. Okay. I don't know. But face, even Facebook themselves have said, like, we don't think it's sophisticated enough to actually, like, trick a person. But I don't know. What, some, what, is the, what would even the point of that be? Like, 
of what tricking someone like into thinking for, it's a real like pretending it's like a real Facebook user when they're just like a bot posting comments or something like that kind of thing or like I don't know why if you, I, just because because people like, are terrible yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah I guess so I, I don't know I can't I can't explain the whims of the trolls of the world <laughs> um but. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I, I kind of wish. Talk to it. I know. I want to. I want to try it myself. Uh, they did like actually release. I think the source for it or something. So it's out oh. there, um, for better or for worse. All right. My first story is entertainment news. This is from Forbes.com. The headline is: Julie Andrews launches children's book podcast to keep kids entertained. Aw. Doesn't that just make you smile? Yeah. Actress Julie Andrews and her daughter Emma Walton Hamilton have launched a new weekly children's... That's, that's a lot of names, <laughs> it's a lot Julie of, Andrews. <laughs> a lot of names. Um, they have launched together a new weekly children's book podcast called Julie's Library, presented by American Public Media, to help, kids, uh, to help keep kids entertained while staying home during the COVID-19 pandemic. In a statement, Andrews wrote, At this extraordinary time, with families confined to their homes and in need of creative content and learning support, we have accelerated the show's launch in order to bring it to audiences as soon as possible. It is our hope that the stories and ideas we share on Julie's library will provide family listening pleasure, inspire meaningful conversations, and be a trusted resource for literary enjoyment and learning. I'm like, this sounds so wholesome. <laughs> like, it's reminding me of, like, a Mr. Rogers type well, of thing. Well, I have to set that to a song for Mary Poppins, <laughs> whatever her, what her statement just was. That's, like, all I could hear in my head was, you know, Mary Poppins. Super listen to Julie's library. Pretty much, yeah. Something like that. That's the gist. It also stated this, which I didn't know. The mother-daughter team are the co-authors of over 30 books. Did you know that? Did not that know Julie that Andrews, either. Julie like, Andrews writes children's books? That'll be completely honest. I did not know Julie Andrews was still alive. So She, yeah, she's probably up there in age now. Yeah. But I knew she was still alive, but like, well, that's yeah, good. she's probably. It's good to hear. Well, I'll, also, obviously, she's, I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I knew she was still alive and like doing things. But yeah, um, yeah apparently she has been, that's where she's been putting her effort in recent years is like book writing oh. which i didn't know and she's got a great voice for podcasting that's for sure oh yeah i'm like i kind of just want to like listen to one of these just to like hear her talk in like a soothing voice because yeah. she just has a great voice <laughs> um american public media said in a statement that the podcast is suited for children's ages four through ten as well as quote aimed at multi-generational family audiences so i'm like maybe adults could listen to it too i was gonna say that seems like a loophole there i can I'm single to a generation voice. family of one and my cat. He's a different generation, yeah. kind of, right? He's yeah. probably a Younger Gen Z. -er. You. So that's, uh, he's less than 10 years old, right? So Yeah. In addition to reading books, each episode will include music, sound design, and guest appearances of surprise guests. I guess they didn't say who it would be. Listeners will also hear directly from other kids who share their imaginative ideas and favorite new vocabulary words. The podcast's first episode will already be posted uh, by the time you're listening to this oh. episode of our show. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's being released this week. Yeah, so. so listen to it in addition to our show. Yeah. Not instead of. Not instead. <laughs> in addition well, to. 
if you have young children, it might be a nice thing. Yeah. If it helps, we can start talking like Julie Andrews. <laughs> How would you do that? Hello. Nope, that's Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, <laughs> the hills are alive. <laughs> I'm like laughing that. too hard. I can't. I'm, I'm Julie Andrews, and this is my podcast. And today we're going to read Dr. Seuss's One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish. Hip, hip. Hey. Because <laughs> that's how that book starts. The, the yep. first line of that book is Pip, Pip, Pay. Okay. My next story is Animal News. This is from Gizmodo. Crazy beast fossil discovered in Madagascar reveals bizarre mammal from the Cretaceous period. Whoa. This is and crazy beast is in quotes, and you'll see why. Okay. <laughs> An incredible skeleton unearthed in Madagascar over 20 years ago has finally been studied in detail. The well-preserved bones reveal a crazy beast that was unlike any animal living today. The creature belongs to a new genus and species called Ada... <laughs> Why do I do this to myself? <laughs> Adalatherium hui. That wasn't too bad. Its genus name translates to crazy beast. Oh. Uh, while its species name honors researcher Yao Ming Hu, who helped analyze the fossil but passed away in 2008. So he didn't get to see it all the way through. Um, the creature was a member of the little known Gond- Gondwanatherian family of mammals, but was much larger than other known Gondwanatherians at around the size of a Virginia opossum which I wish I had a better sense in my head of what that size was. But I think it's, like, bigger than an Ohio possum. What is that word? Opossum? No. Um, Gondwanatherian? Yes. I don't know. It it's sounds a, like it's a, it's a family of it's mammals. A, a family of mammals. Interesting. Okay. Right. I, I'm guessing Gondwana is, like, a region or something. And then, like, Therian, I think, is, like, beast- because hmm. it's like Adalatherium was the genus, which means oh, okay. I'm using context clues. Yes, context clues. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because it's family, genus, species, right? I think so. Orders in there somewhere too, but that I think that's above family. I think I think family is above genus. It's yes. been a few years since I took a class with that one. Species, but... species, genus, family, order. Ugh, I don't oh, know. There's always like one or two things in there that I've never forget yeah. before. You get all the way up to class. No, one of them's like. Class, I think, is not the Wait. top. No. Wait a minute. What is the top? The top one is... I have no idea. It's been so long since I've had um, to care. Um, oh, my gosh. It's been so long since I've thought about that. Ah, I don't remember. Whatever. Well, we'll, we'll, it doesn't matter. It's I'm pretty exercise. sure family is above genius. We'll That's leave it as is. an exercise okay. to the reader, listener, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it had some strange traits. Uh, it had a hole-filled skull... Like a lot of what? holes in its skull, which probably made room for lots of nerves and blood vessels leading to its nose, which makes them speculate like it had a very sensitive nose or something. This might be something that it would share with like a mole or something that we know today has like a really sensitive nose, even though Do it's moles like blind. Have a lot of lot of like holes in their skull to get nerves know. to their nose. That's just, I'm just speculating. I'm speculating off of their speculation. I see. I am not okay. a I'm not okay. a mole scientist. Uh, its teeth were shaped differently than those of any other known mammal, and it had more vertebrae than its contemporary, uh, like the other animals alive during that time. It also it held its 
front limbs straight down like any other modern mammal, but its rear limbs splayed outward like an alligator. So it like crawled around like a normal mammal, except it had like its back legs were like perpendicular almost to its body. Like, and just so like useless back legs. No, no, they were definitely useful. It was like an alligator though. And that like, they're kind of like out at the side. Oh, and it would, yeah. So it probably had a very strange gait, like walking yeah. around like weird. Um, the researchers think that its uniqueness comes from the species evolving in isolation on the island of Madagascar for at least 20 million years. Um, and the so-called island rule, which is like, I guess it's kind of like a controversial rule, but like an evolutionary theory. Okay. Uh, suggests that isolation on islands causes smaller species to grow larger over time from a lack of predators, larger species to grow smaller over time from a lack of resources, and all species to develop weird features, <laughs> which is very vague, but I like it. Um, and there's a lot of examples of this in like modern animals. They didn't cite any. They just said that there are a lot of examples of this in modern animals. Komodo dragons? Yeah, something like, yeah, that would actually be a really good example because it's a lot larger than a normal lizard, probably because it didn't have predators. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so it's kind of cool. Um, that's cool. So I did look up the list of those class levels or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because we have I, the internet. it was bothering me, and we have the internet. It's species, genus, family, order, class, phylum, kingdom, domain. Oh man, there's so many of them. I know, and the the ones that I always I always forget phylum. That's always the one phylum. That I forget. And, yeah, well, why would you, and you class, never class? Because like every, almost every other word you would use a normal speech, but phylum is just like whatever. My next story is a random local news story. This is from Insider.com. The headline is. A mailman has been dressing up in hilarious costumes each day to bring laughter to everyone quarantining on his route. That is wonderful. John Matson has been a mailman in Bolden, England for the past four and a half years, and he loves his job for all the time he gets to spend outside interacting with his neighbors. He decided that he wanted to find a way to help his community in this pandemic time, so he came up with the idea of dressing up in costumes on his route each day as a way to bring some cheer into his neighbor's daily routines. He already had a bunch of costumes from a yearly charity event that he participates in. Okay. So he just like had a bunch of costumes and was like, I'm going to just start wearing these. Uh, the response to his daily costumes has been great. Families gather at their windows each day to see what costume he's wearing. Cars and trucks pass by and honk their horns in support. Uh, here's some quotes. I love being out in the fresh air and meeting people. I'm healthy, I'm exercising, and I'm walking all day. The whole job is great. Uh, everybody is now coming to the door, waiting for me coming around. And when the first person sees me on the round, they start to message their friends. So before I even get there, people are waiting at windows. Everybody is laughing and cheering, and cars and trucks who drive past honk their horns. I even had the police honking their horns at me today. <laughs> um, Not usually a good hope thing. That was, yeah, I hope that wasn't a negative thing. But yeah, so here's some photos of him in his costumes. Here's a gladiator one. And notice he, his mailbag has like a horse head sticking out of it. That is very good. Um, this is a cheerleader theme. Okay. Then uh, this one is, um, I guess, Where's Waldo? So, yeah. Nice. It's just a person making others around him cheery yeah. in this time. 
So I thought that was nice. If you got a bunch of costumes, what else are you going to do with them? Yeah. You know, I actually saw, I, I mean, this was not a story I brought, but like on a similar vein of this, I saw there was some neighborhood, I think in the U.S., that like all the women on the block decided to like put on their old wedding dresses and have a photo shoot like in the middle of, like on their street, like a That's like fun. a social distancing, like yeah. dress up, like photo shoot thing with a photographer and stuff just for no reason just because they were like we're really bored let's yeah. do this yeah speaking of a so, costume you only ever wear once <laughs> yeah <laughs> like what else are you gonna do with that thing it just sits in a box in the <laughs> corner of your house right forever all right so people being creative it's Yay. Fun. my next story is ai news this is from the verge Neural net generated memes are one of the best uses of AI on the internet. Yeah. I I think we've talked about like a similar thing before. Yeah, I think we did one like a like someone published a paper on an algorithm that did that mm. at one point that we talked about. Right. So now there's a website that yes. just does this for you. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for this. Oh, it's it's worth it. Um I I <laughs> I'll try to keep myself from describing memes in an audio format because that's like <laughs> the worst audio experience. Um, but I will talk about the site and then you can hopefully go play with it yourself. Uh, anyway, the website uh, Image Flip, that's IMG Flip, has created an AI meme generator that automatically generates captions for famous meme templates. And the results are often surprisingly good. And I can confirm this because I was playing around with it a little bit before this. Uh, you can pick from 48 different classic meme templates, including Distracted Boyfriend, Drake and Hotline Bling, Mocking SpongeBob, Surprised Pikachu, and Oprah Giving Things Away. <laughs> and I just, I, my favorite thing about reading that list is I know I can, every single one pops into my head immediately as, yeah. I, as I read it. Um, to generate meme captions, you just have to click on the meme template at the top of the page. At any point, you can click on a refresh button to get a new caption for the same meme. And if you want to use a different one, you just click on a different one. And yeah, it's all true. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> uh, the neural network was trained using public images uploading to the site's meme maker, according to the website. Uh, the company warns that no profanity filtering was done on the training data, so there's a chance you might see inappropriate language in the auto-generated ca- auto mm. captions. So. People with children, be warned before you start playing with this with your kids. I didn't actually see any when I was playing with it, but that was probably just a coincidence. But they just can't, they can't guarantee that it won't pop up, yeah, basically. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I will be honest, a lot of them were very bad. Like, but every once in a while, you would get a surprisingly, like, a person could have made this one. <laughs> yeah. Like, more, so, more than I expected. And even the ones that are bad, you usually still end up laughing. Like, this is a good way to kill, like, half an hour, honestly. <laughs> Just click through each one, refresh a few times, see what you get. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm not going to read them. Just... <laughs> Just go try yourself. It's there's there's That's literally nothing better. I can think of worse than trying to describe a meme to you uh over this. So. Yeah, that's probably better to just to just do it. Um I am going to do that immediately after we record this episode. Oh, did I I don't know if I actually said the web so the website is uh com slash AI dash meme. So like AI with a hyphen meme. Okay. Um, so it's well worth the time. It's not a super polished looking website, but it gets the job done. <laughs> it gets the job done. That's all that matters. Yeah. And, I, and like I, you can tell that they like trained each template with memes using that template. Mm. So like they do tend to kind of for, follow the form of them 
which is which just makes it all the more impressive. And I think gives you a better chance of getting a good one. Well, I'm excited to try it. Yeah. Okay, my next story is archaeology news. This is from gizmodo.uk. Ooh. The headline is, if the ancient Romans could recycle, then so can you. (laughs) A team of researchers at Pompeii recently discovered evidence that Romans were avid recyclers, according to a Weekend Guardian report. It figures that the same society that brought us urban planning, indoor heating, and concrete was also ahead of its time with going green, too. Preserved piles of rubbish, some several meters high, found outside the city walls are believed to have been staging grounds for cycles of use and reuse, according to Professor Allison Emerson, an American academic with the University of Cincinnati's excavation team. While researchers had previously discovered similar garbage heaps around Pompeii, the prevailing theory was that they were created by an earthquake. But upon examining a few newly discovered rubbish heaps, Emerson and her fellow archaeologists were able to trace the journey of these bits of plaster, ceramic, and other refuse. And this is a quote. We found that the part of the city was built out of the trash. The piles outside the walls weren't material that's been dumped to get rid of it. They're outside the walls being collected and sorted to be resold inside the walls. Um, so the, they somehow figured out that that material was being used in construction and then covered in plaster to hide the fact that it was like recycled material. Oh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then the, the authors said this point has relevance for the modern garbage crisis because the countries that most effectively manage their waste have applied a version of the ancient model, prioritizing commodification rather than simple removal, which is just, you know, a comment of today's state of things. But like, <laughs> yeah, they were saying that they, they did that. They actually like, you know, it was, um, what did I say it was? Um, plaster, ceramic, and other like hard materials, I guess they would like reuse in like Just construction like, projects. Just like kind of fill a wall with them and then plaster that yeah. in, which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, essentially a filler. Cause it's just a, fi- yeah, exactly. They would just use it as filler in, in at least walls, if not other stuff. Yeah. So. So what this is telling me is we need to start making all of our stuff out of concrete and have giant columns in front of everything too. So yes. we can fill those columns with And the columns plastic. could be filled with plastic. Yeah. yeah. And then the plastic could be in the walls and in floors. Halls and in the malls. And um, you, know, you know I love a column, so. I do know you love columns. <laughs> I was very excited when we went to, when we went to Greece. <laughs> There's a lot of columns there, guys. Remember that gif of columns <laughs> oh that gosh, we kept sending each other over and over again? <laughs> It's a great gift. Columns are great. Columns are great. Yeah, why don't we have any columns in America? I don't know. That's totally not true at all. We have columns here. <laughs> <laughs> like the White House literally has columns. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it was inspired by ancient Roman architecture. So and I think. Greek. Or Greek. Yeah, and, and or Greek. Yeah, they have different types of columns, That's right? That's true. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dorian, Ionian, and Yeah, columns are surprisingly like... Corinthian, I think, is a style of column, too. Yeah, that sounds that which sounds would, familiar. Which would be Greek. Those are the ones with the classic like curlies on the end, right? I could is that not Corinthian? Tell you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know these all exist. Uh, I could not tell you which is which is which. Yeah, I have no idea. Is it time for breaking news? It's time for breaking news. Oh my goodness, it's time for breaking news. The part of the show where Anthony and I look for stories 
that just happened today or just posted today, and we read them to you on the fly. Pip, pip, trivia. Ready, set, go. Go. All right. Uh, I found this on gamesradar.com. Assassin's Creed Valhalla confirmed. Full reveal coming April 30th. Ooh, April yes, 30th? April 30th. Well, the full reveal is coming. Oh, sorry. Not I, the game. For a second, I thought you meant it. I'm like, that's, that's, <laughs> that's in like, that's, that's now. <laughs> I mean, it is widely speculated to be coming out this year because the last one came out two years ago and they're kind of on like oh. a biannual release schedule. But okay. anyway, tomorrow there should be a full trailer. Anyway, yes, I mostly brought this because I want to talk about the game. <laughs> that's fine. No, I won't apologize for it. Um, today, this was, I thought it was actually really interesting what they did today. Um, they had a live stream that aired for eight hours, starting at 8 a.m. until 4 p.m. That was just like basically a slightly fast-forwarded like capture of this artist creating a really detailed piece of concept art for the game. Whoa. And it basically started with like the silhouette in front of two um like kind of scenes like one was kind of like icy cliffs over a sea and the other was like a castle on like a grassy hill okay and like over the course of this eight hours he like filled in small details in the background and like added a battle on the one side and the castle became castle ruins and like there were ships added to the ocean and like so just like gradually built up more and more detail which kind of like gave you more and more hints into what the game might be i don't know actually did i say Assassin's Creed Valhalla is a video game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh I Assassin's knew that. Assassin's Creed is a video said... game, like, French, is a long-running video game franchise. There's been probably over a dozen games in it at this point. Anyway, so they they aired this, like, live stream, and then, like, the last thing to kind of get filled in was the character in the, in the center who was, like, revealed to be a Viking, essentially, because... The whole point of this is that you didn't. We didn't really know going in where the setting of the game was going to be necessarily. Mm. There had been rumors for like actually years that it was going to be Vikings themed, but there wasn't actually hard confirmation until today. And then so wow. like they gradually filled in this main character and like, uh, and then at the end it said Assassin's Creed Valhalla full reveal coming tomorrow. Like, and that is so cool. So and I just what, like what a creative way to do it, that. I was excited when I saw the story because I kind of um, I had this like on in the background at work today. Like I was just because the music it was just playing music from all the games too, oh, and it was like really nice. good like music to work to. Yeah, but I would just like every once in a while check in and see like where they were in the art, and I like happened to click over like right before it ended too, and then so I like saw the full like title reveal and everything. It was really cool. That's really cool. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm really excited about it. Uh, I really liked the last two games in the series, which were Origins and Odyssey. The first took place in ancient yeah. Egypt, and the one after that took place in ancient greece and um like the the games have always kind of dealt with historical events but like kind of implying that your main character was one of the main players in those events happening which is really cool yeah um yeah so like i said there's kind of been rumors for a while that it was going to be a viking themed game so it's probably going to take place in like a large portion of uh, northern europe um the art kind of indicated like there's going to be multiple different kind of environments, which is pretty typical for these games. They're generally quite massive. Yeah. Um, and the art also prominently featured ships, which kind of indicates that the sailing aspect of the previous games is probably going to be factoring into it again. 
uh, which they yeah, did. That part is so fun. It's really fun, like having a giant ship and sailing oh, yeah. it from island to so, island. And I, I still haven't played Origins. Yeah, which I need to do. But yeah, you should. I played Odyssey, and mm-hmm. it was so fun. And yeah, I loved the sailing part, even though that part was just this, a small part of it. You know, but right. like, well, and like it's one so of the fun. cool things is like, especially in Odyssey, it 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 was basically a scaled, a slightly scaled down version, not slightly pretty massively scaled down version <laughs> of the actual region of the world, like ancient Greece. So you yeah. would see like cities like Athens and features like when we went to ancient Greece, there was like this underground lake that actually appeared in the game. And yeah. it was just kind of cool to see its real life counterpart. The real life one was much more gorgeous, of course, but anyway, um, so this is going to yeah. be cool to see like a recreation of ancient Europe I guess ancient's probably not the right way to phrase it. It's like, but it's still like Middle Ages, ish or early Middle Ages. It would be like I think before that, but I don't know eleven hundreds ish that region of time. I think. Oh, I'm so bad with the years. Yeah, maybe it it might be in the hundreds. Even I'm not sure. Yeah, like the late hundreds, maybe. But I'm also really excited for like fur-lined armor and horned helmets and all like the stereotypical. Yeah, like that's like, such a Viking. good setting for this type of game. Exactly. They, there's so much material for and them to work with. And they haven't done like, like a snowy area before in the games. Oh, and like the yeah. concept art also included the Northern Lights, which will probably oh, be gorgeous so cool. as well. Because I'm using the word. Oh, I'm so much, excited for this game. Yeah. Um, You're making me excited for this game. And I haven't even seen any of this. Because my excitement is contagious. Um, <laughs> So late in the stream, they also added a raven over the shoulder of the of the presumed protagonist in the hmm. middle, which probably indicates that the raven will take on the role of the eagle from the past couple games. There's oh, been like an, yeah. an eagle that you use to scout out locations. You basically can see through its eyes and like mark things on your map and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and ravens kind of factor largely into Norse mythology and that kind of thing too. So. Um, yeah. I'm just excited for it. I, I love these games and I'm really looking forward to having a whole new area. I did, I, I 100% completed like the previous, like Odyssey. Both of them? Not the, f- I com- 100%ed the base game of Origins. Okay. I did not 100% all the DLC. Okay. I did 100% the base game and DLC of Odyssey. I, <laughs> That's impressive. I literally, I completed every objective, I that cleared is every location. Really impressive. Because you know, me, I got through, I finished the main story. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, I kind of stopped. I mean, I had done a lot of the side quests and stuff, but at that point, I kind of was like, okay, I've spent, you know, right. a lot of hours yeah. in this and game I, at this To be point. fair, a lot of it is kind of repetitive, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. For some reason, a game like that where you can, ju- <laughs> this probably speaks to my personality more than anything, but I like, I love it's basically a long checklist. Like every lo- every location has like a list yep. of ob- objectives you have to complete yep. to clear that location, and so you make like noticeable progress. And like there is an end to the checklist, right? But it's extensive, and yeah, it's, it's not I don't actually know. never ending. I just get like a, just a weird really a weird joy out of like gradually clearing every location on the map and that kind of thing. It just oh, yeah, I get so I'm it. just really looking forward to have a whole new map <laughs> and like a whole new region of the world. And I'm sure. Yeah. Odyssey was a large improvement gameplay wise too over Origins, and I'm excited to see what they do in in Valhalla, which is also a great title yeah. uh, to to improve over Odyssey. Okay, I found this on HuffPost.com. The headline is North Carolina farm renting out donkeys, chickens, and ducks to crash video calls. It's another farm <laughs> doing this, and it's cheaper than the first place. <laughs> Plus, it's another story about donkeys. I feel like <laughs> yeah. donkeys are becoming the new bear. 
<laughs> Maybe they are. We'll have to monitor this. Zebras, too? Um, okay, this farm is called Peace and Peas Farm. All right. North Carolina. And they're charging $50 to have an animal attend a virtual meeting. Okay, that's, that's a pretty it's good like, deal. It's, it's like, all right, it's a little more doable. A little more yeah. doable. Um, a miniature donkey named Mambo is getting some online love in North Carolina where a farm is getting in on the idea of having animals spice up, spice up tedious virtual meetings. Peace and Peas Farm will rent Mambo, the eight-year-old miniature donkey, and his friends to crash company <laughs> conference calls, the Charlotte Observer reported. Companies can choose other farm animals they want to invite as guests on their video calls as well. According to the Farm Animals Meeting Registration website, they include three horses, Heron, Zeus, and Eddie. Hyron? I don't know. Hyron? H-E-I-R-E-N. G-I-R-E-N. Yeah, I have no idea. Heron? 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 And also some chickens and ducks are available. Okay. Um, and yeah. Oh, I guess 10 minutes with the animals is $50. And um, yeah, and there's a website now where you can like register and book an animal I for do your this virtual one, meeting. I want to do this as one of my meetings and just completely like not acknowledge the animal when it joins. I really want to do this too. I just, just want to like pretend not- it's not on my screen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you book it in like a meeting with a bunch of people. Everyone's talking about it. You're like, what are you guys talking about? I don't see. What chicken? What, what, what chicken? All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knickknacknews and on Twitter at, at knickknacknews. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Cheerio.